In this episode of The Full Nerd, new Radeon GPUs announced along with FSR 3.0, and hot scoops on upcoming Intel CPUs. Welcome to episode 268. I think I numbered 69. 69? Oh, no, you you, uh, need to change it in the... On YouTube, then I totally forgot to change oh, okay. the number. So 269, uh, we are editing the post as we speak because 269 episodes, that's a lot of episodes. Um, that's a whole lot of episodes. Yeah, I'm, I'm your fill-in uh, host, Adam Patrick Murray. Uh, we have the, the co-hostess with the mostest, uh, Brad Charkis on the line. Hello, Brad. Hello, Internet. Uh, we have uh, Elaine Yi with a, with a hair bun that's uh, that's, you know particularly place on top of your head. Hello, Elena. Sorry. I was not expecting that. Yeah, it just looks like a bun. Yeah, it's just... Hi, everybody. Like, it just looks like a little bun you could take off your head and just eat. Oh, my God. It looks like a cinnamon bun because it's got the the color, like the, the... the lighter right. color just looks like I'm sure audio listeners bun. are just like, yeah. what the heck is happening? <laughs> she does not have an actual Cinnabon on top of her head. You know what? Though? Like I it. wouldn't be, I wouldn't be against it though. Yeah, that's not a bad place. It means I would have a cinnamon roll nearby. Uh, well, yeah. well, Jared Walton from Tom's hardware. Uh, are you, are you pro or anti Cinnabon? Uh, they're all right. Like I, it's not like my favorite thing, but they're fine. Right, get out of in here. fact, Kick where I live, wait, wait, wait. So <laughs> where I live, I live in Johnstown, Colorado, and the one thing most people know about Johnstown is there's this convenience store, gas station, whatever, up the freeway from me mm-hmm. called Johnson's Corner, and they sell massive, like, like massive cinnamon buns. Okay, sure. I'll, I'll dig that. They're yeah. not even that good is what I've heard. I haven't had one, but they're like, they're disgustingly huge. Well, <laughs> contrary to popular belief on this show, not everything you get at a gas station is amazing. Uh, you know, uh, Gordon would like to point out he loves gas station coffee. Uh, I it was sushi. Was no? it? Did he talk? Oh, you know what? Yeah. Gordon just loves everything from everything gas station. From gas station. <laughs> yeah, uh, controlling, the verticals and, pizza. <laughs> controlling the verticals and horizontals is Willis Lie. Hello, hello, everyone. Happy Tuesday. Uh, happy, well, not, I don't want to say Taco Tuesday anymore. I want to say happy Dim Sum Tuesday. Yeah, that's, oh. what, that's what I'm craving for, Dim Sum. Yeah, all right. Yeah, After everywhere. last week's discussion, I did definitely go have tacos. Nice. Today, you know? Hey, there we go. Uh, well, you know, you know what we're going to do? We're going to discuss some stuff that you don't want to put in your mouth today. Uh, and we're going to start off with new... Radeon GPUs. We, we got we got two of them that got announced. We we talked about this before because the the leaks uh, came pretty hot and heavy. So officially at the Gamescom live stream, AMD announced two new GPUs. Uh, Brad, why, why don't you tell us tell the the fine folks what these GPUs are if they didn't already know? Yeah, the leaks came hot and heavy beforehand. It turns out they were pretty much right. Uh, AMD announced the four hundred ninety nine dollar uh, Radeon RX seventy eight hundred XT, and the four hundred forty nine dollar Radeon RX seventy seven hundred XT. There are so many numbers and X's and R's in there that yeah. I always have to like think through it. Uh, yeah, and they both are aimed at ten eighty fourteen forty p gaming, not ten eighty p. Unlike Nvidia's. to $500 offerings, which are firmly 1080p cards. Uh, The 7800 XT has 16 gigs of memory, which is great. That's what you want in a 1440p card. 
the 7700 XT has 12 gigabytes, which is also great for 1440p gaming. Uh, and yeah, it's looking like uh, they're going to be pretty, you know, well positioned on paper versus the RTX 4060 Ti and the RTX 4070 uh, for less price but we'll have to see how the test works out the most interesting thing to me is that the 7800 xt actually has fewer compute units and internal hardware than the 6800 xt did but it's launching for 150 dollars cheaper so i think that's the most interesting thing to look at going into this yeah uh actually real quick we got a super chat from friend of the show skeet sayer uh gave us five canadian dollars thank you so much and said uh people are saying People are saying that the 6800 XT will be faster than the 7800 XT. Is it because of the chiplet versus single chip uh, design? I mean, obviously, it, it hasn't been tested. We don't know, but what? AMD released some numbers, though. Okay. And? So so what they showed was 4070 versus 7800 XT. Okay. Um, and interestingly, I, I have, like, my own benchmarks, and they overlapped AMD's benchmarks on... I'm not not benchmarks of the 7800, but benchmarks of the 4070, as well as other GPs, right? Um, so I overlapped on Red Dead Redemption 2, Forza Horizon 5, Far Cry 6, and uh, what else did I have? Cyberpunk 2077. No, because I didn't test Cyberpunk with ray tracing or without ray tracing. Uh, some other game. Oh, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales. There mm-hmm. we go. So... Looking at my percentages, the 7800 XT looks like it's going to be a very close match for the 6900 XT, which is about 6% faster than a 6800 XT. So that's that's just kind of, you know, going off of what I see in my benchmarks of existing cards versus what AMD showed of an existing card versus the new card. Um. So I, I think it'll probably be pretty close to 6800 XT, a little bit faster, but also roughly at the level of the 6900 XT. But at that cheaper price, that's the... At a lower yeah. price. Yeah. So the 6800 XT right now goes for about 500, maybe 520 is the bottom price right now. Okay. So it's like a little bit lower than that. You know, and it's like, well, yeah, the 6800 XT has come down since launch. Obviously for two years, it was at stupid pricing um and then cryptocurrency mining thankfully ended so it's come down to more reasonable levels but in terms of like price performance for what's already available it feels like a lateral move hmm. feels like that's so much of this generation that's the real answer yeah, <laughs> but. yeah uh well uh, speaking of more pricing stuff the only difference between both these cards is 50 dollars. is that correct yeah mm-hmm. Is that, I was surprised by that. that uh, d- hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's not just that it's $50. Like the, the bigger issue for me is the 7700 XT is like, uh, what well, it's 6% less compute because it only has, so it's got six of the compute units turned off, but I think it's got higher clocks than the 40, than the 6800 XT. I might yes. be mixing those up. Yeah. So, so it ends up with only like 6% less raw compute but then it's got like 25 percent less memory and 31 percent less memory bandwidth because the the memory is also clocked slower 
And so it's like, okay, well, that that should make a pretty sizable difference in performance, but then it only costs 10% less. So it's like, uh, it's it's kind of one of those things where it's like, this card exists to say, you should buy the, the $500 card, not the $450 card. Yeah, it's unfortunate too, because uh, they're comparing it very heavily against the in AMD's numbers. The only numbers they showed, they compared against the 4060 Ti, 16 gigabytes specifically. Mm-hmm. Or because that is honestly a 1080p card uh, for $500. Uh, but I guess the same basic performance outside of the very few memory constrained games, memory capacity constrained games as the $400 4060 Ti. Mm-hmm. And I think if they had come in and priced this at 425 or 400, it probably would have made it much more compelling if it winds up testing as well as it looks in AMD's numbers. So remind me real quick. So the 7800 XT is $100 cheaper than the launch price of the 6800 XT, correct? 150. 6800 XT was Six fifty. Oh, okay. So, so, so one hundred and fifty. So dropped one hundred and fifty. So, how does the seventy seven hundred XT launch price compare to the sixty seven hundred XT launch price? Uh the sixty seven hundred XT launch price was four seventy nine. Yeah, I think that's right. I remember. <laughs> so this, I remember so this saying is, this card sucks. It's a good card, but it sucks that it's almost five hundred dollars. <laughs> like this is the real problem. Is it's not the price; it's the name. Um. The 7800 XT feels like it should have been called the 7700 XT. Hmm. And the 7700 XT feels like it should be more like the 6600 XT. Uh, just not not based on like necessarily price or all these other things, but just in terms of generationally, I'm like a, a 7800 should be substantially faster than a 6800 it should be you know more like the 6950 and then the 7700 should be more like a 6800 xt or maybe even the 6900 xt like that's that's what in my mind should have happened and instead we're getting like this well performance isn't there but we've bumped the model names which is what nvidia kind of did like the 4070 should have been the 4070 ti the 4070 ti should have been the 480 no other way 4070 should have been called the 4060 Ti. 4070 Ti should have been the 4070. You know, all of those could have been knocked down one GPU naming skew, and it would have made more sense. Hmm. Like the 4090 was fine. The 4060 should have been called the 4050, and then people wouldn't be upset. (laughs) Well, they'll find something to be upset about. uh, Well, if it costs 250 (laughs) as well, like instead of 300. Yeah. And uh, that's like uh, when the 7900 series first came out. I liked it, but I'm like, it really feels like the 7900 XT should be the 6800 XT, and they're taking more off the top, and they bumped it up. And I feel like that's going on for both Intel, not Intel, NVIDIA and AMD this generation. Mm. Uh, I don't like it. I get they have to meet their margins and whatnot, but I don't like it as someone who likes to actually have affordable graphics cards for gamers. Uh, But the other thing that's interesting to me is we'll have to wait and see how the card tests out, obviously. But even with regardless of that, there's this massive gulf now between the $900 MSRP of the 7900 XT and the $500 MSRP of the 7800 XT. I'm really surprised that they decided to name these 7700 XT and 7800 XT and still only have a $50 gap between them. <laughs> like, it's a really weird product generation, like the way the performance and price and all winds up. Landing you also you also have to wonder like i mean 
they've got these GPU chiplets. So you've got the Navi 32 GCD, the graphics compute chiplet, which is smaller than the GCD that's on the, the 7900 series. Um, and it links up to four MCDs, memory cache dies. Um, but like they've got the four memory cache and the three memory cache. And it's like, well, shouldn't there be a 68 or sorry, 7,800 in between them? Will there be a 7,700 non XT? Uh, we don't know. I, I think because of the market, those probably won't exist, but you know, maybe down the road, something else gets pushed out, but yeah, it feels like this could have been 7,800 XT, 7,800. And then there would be a 7,700 XT that, you know, maybe would have yeah. been more like what we're seeing, but fewer compute. And then the 7,800 could have had the full 16 gigabytes instead of 12 gigabytes. That would have made more sense to me. me but I don't know if the market would have really cared, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. They, they didn't give themselves much wiggle room for product naming in the future, yeah. though, at this point, though. I mean, okay. they, they could always adjust the price, right? The, if the 7700 XT sometime later drops down a hundred bucks like that kind of i'm still wondering if they'll drop the price at the last minute you know they've they've done that multiple times in the past couple generations where they say one price and then it drops fifty dollars or twenty dollars or whatever i kind of feel like the 7800 xt feels okay like not awesome but it's okay uh the 7700 xt i feel like that could definitely drop down to four hundred dollars instead of 450 and that would make it more palatable hmm. yeah. uh well compared to the the two cards that they did show you mentioned the 4060 ti 12 gig no 16 gig version versus the 7700 xt and the 4070 is that what they compared against the 7800 xt yep was it yeah. was it generally favorable does it look like hey you know what if you're looking in that price range that the amd options are, are going to be competitive if not better yeah, at looked, least according uh, to their data. Yeah, according to their data, if uh, heavy ray tracing that uses lots of ray tracing effects, NVIDIA still wins. It's still going to win. Hmm. Uh, the 7800 XT, I forget. I have it right here. Varies anywhere from 2% to 23% faster. 23% faster in Cyberpunk, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare. A bunch of things in between. Loses in a bunch of ray trace titles. But... The 7700 XT, according to AMD's numbers, is significantly faster and than the 4060 Ti 16 gigabyte. Uh, there's only a couple of heavily ray traced games that it's not. So, you know, I really wish that thing was 400 bucks because that's the same as the 4060 Ti 8 gigabyte would be the same performance and it'd have performance and memory advantage. I feel like putting it at 450 is kind of a weird weird place for it i mean like it looks like it will be faster the 4060 ti 16 gigabyte is a terrible card that's the problem yeah (laughs) like it's like the extra hundred dollars for no extra memory bandwidth no real performance advantage except in the edge cases where it's like usually the edge cases are you're running at 4k and maxed out settings and it's like this card really has no business doing that so you know who cares so it's it's just kind of like no one really should buy the 4060 ti 16 gigabyte unless it's like i'm running ai models that need 16 gig i don't want to buy a 4080 and i don't need a lot of compute so it's comparing it against the card that no one should buy is kind of it's dumb <laughs> yeah. 
but but nvidia shot themselves in the foot with this like hundred dollar price difference so it's like amd's like oh we'll compare against the 500 dollar card rather than the 400 dollar card and yeah it's it's just marketing stuff i mean if you look at amd's benchmarks too you know it's it's like well cyberpunk is the big ray tracing name but they didn't turn on ray tracing um watchdogs legion is an nvidia game but then you've got last of us resident evil um you know a bunch of amd promoted games that have been you know so it's 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 a typical marketing thing you you show the benchmarks for games where you're generally better and they have others in there scattered throughout but it's it's an amd heavy test suite to to certainly put their gpus in the best light Hmm. what what do you think if anything nvidia will do with this announcement do you think do you think we're going to see any price drops any new gpus Uh, nvidia likes to get out there and counterpunch i i kind of doubt it i mean like the hard thing right now and nvidia's gpus for consumers they're all generally feeling overpriced i think the 4060 is is more or less okay-ish um, but the 4060 Ti through 4080 all feel like they're they're too high. But the problem is, should NVIDIA make more of these and sell them for less? Or should they just make more data center GPUs that are selling for $30,000 plus? Like, If you're a business person, yeah. I, I know the answer from yeah, the business I, perspective. I mean, so. <laughs> like they're saying they're going to sell half a million H100 GPUs this year is the projection. And at $30,000 a piece, that's $15 billion in revenue. Um, that's more than their gaming market will make <laughs> by double probably. Uh, you know, whatever it is. Did I, I, didn't, I didn't even do that math right, but whatever. It's a ton <laughs> of money. Math sucks. Don't worry about it. Um, and and the thing is, they're projected to double to triple the number that they sell next year of the H100. <laughs> like AI is going crazy and NVIDIA is going to rake in a ton of money off of that. And if they don't make as many consumer GPUs because people aren't buying them, I mean, that's that's the smart business decision. Huh. Hey. Oh, great. Uh, so, um, did they, are they going to have, are they going to have reference designs of these cards or is it just going to be all AIB? Yes. And uh, no. Yeah. The 7,800 will have a reference design, but, uh, 7,700 won't. Okay. And have they said launch dates for these? September, September 6th. 6th. Okay. So next week. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Next week. That is. So that it's is what, interesting next... too, cause like the reference designs, uh, the, the 7800 XT reference design, it's dual fans, but it has the same like design language as the 7900 XT. But the power is still what what they say, 263 watts. It's some slightly weird number. Yeah, something like yeah, that. 263. So yeah, it, it kind of feels like, I mean, for the for the amount of power, I, I'm kind of like, man, you should have just kept the third fan and gone with the 7900 XT cooler hmm. maybe, but I, I don't know. Wait, like, I think, I think maybe that cooler is too expensive and that's why they didn't do a, a 7700 XT reference design. Cause they're like, yeah. no, we'll leave that to the AIBs. Wait, are you saying the TDP <laughs> is the same as the card above it? Uh, they're, they're very close. Like the, the 7700 XT is 250 Watts or 240. What is it? 245. Um, yeah. It's, uh, so it's only like, 18 or something watts less hmm. interesting <laughs> which again is really surprising when you look at the specs you're like wait you chopped off a bunch of ram but you didn't chop off like power or compute very much 
Yeah. <clears throat> well, do you think? But no, they ahead. did use the clocks, so I wonder if it's just that sensitive. It makes me curious to see how much overclocking hyperdream these things wind up having. Yeah, I you could know. tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, please don't, please don't kill us. We're live uh, on the air. So, I would like to interject with a question, please. Given everything that we've said so far about the cards and the fact that we're not expecting, like you said, Brad earlier about it being more of a lateral move, um, who are these cards really going to be for? You know, like, is it somebody who, like one of our Discord regulars who's held on to their 970 for ages and it finally gives up the ghost? So they're like, okay, well, I guess I have to replace it with something. Is it someone who's been holding their card for... I don't know, two or three years, like right before the pandemic. So I guess that's four years now. <laughs> um, is it I, for someone who wants the AV1 encoding that badly uh, and doesn't mind a little bit of a side grade? Uh, I'm just, I'm trying to figure out based on, so if if the market's going towards AI and all the resources are being poured towards that, and we're probably maybe not going to see a lot of potentially not more heavy innovation down the road or trickling to gamers quickly, like, if people are trying to time their buying to get the most out of bang for their buck, like who is this card for? I guess that's my question. You want to go first, Jared? (laughs) Sure. I mean, you know, if you've already got a 6,000 series, there's no real need to update, right? AOD compared the cards against the RTX 2070 Super RX uh, 5700 XT, and they're showing, you know, decent gains there. Um, I, I think AV1 is... It's a it's not bad AV1 encoding, but it's it's not that big of a deal. Uh mostly because HEVC and AV1 are very close in quality. So it's it's more like, hey, AV1 has different requirements and it doesn't have royalties. It's not because you're getting better quality or lower bit rates or anything. Well, no, um, you, you can do more with lower bit rates though, with AV1. Then HEVC though? Yeah. Not really. I the it's, testing it's, I've seen. H264, it's a big jump. Yeah. But HEVC was already a big jump kind of thing. So like it in my testing, it was it was, you know, within two percent on the yeah, what's not, it called score. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna say it's like like earth shattering, yeah. but I mean there definitely are benefits. And I mean a lot of YouTube is definitely gonna be moving in the direction. Yeah. So YouTube will push it heavily because you Twitch, know, you know, because of <laughs> because of uh also the you know royalty free nature, right? Yeah, of course. So that's that's the big one. Anyway, uh, so AV1, I don't really worry about. I think, you know, if you've got a four years old card, you could upgrade, but then you, you kind of go, well, you've had theoretically the same level of performance for the same price almost for a year. Um, like the 6800 XT has been selling in that 500 to $550 range since basically last December when the 7,900 cards were launched. And so it's like, well, you didn't upgrade then. Would you upgrade for the same performance? Probably not. So it's more like, hey, I need to build a new system. My card died or something like that. And then you look out there and you go, what's the best card that I'm willing to buy? And in this case, they're saying at $500, give or take, right? And so then you have to decide, do I want to go NVIDIA or do I want to go AMD for that price? And, And even though they show performance as being generally better i still think nvidia wins on features because they're more efficient and they've got dlss three frame generation they've got dlss 
Those are both more widely supported than FSR2. FSR3, we'll talk about in a bit. It's coming. We don't know how that will be. So like there's there's reasons people go to the NVIDIA ecosystem, um, good or bad, you know, whether you like it or not. A lot of people don't like it, but it, there, there are reasons for it. So I, I think it ends up being a lot closer in terms of what you think of price performance than maybe AMD's charts show. Well, and he, here's yeah, the... To, no, no, go ahead, Brett. I just wanted to give my own answer to Elena's thing. So if mm-hmm. you're going to pick it up about Jared, why don't you go first? I mean, it was to Elena's thing as well. But... Okay. For me, uh, I think these cards are for people who want 1440p gaming uh, and don't want to spend $600 plus to do it. Because to me, the 4060 Ti 8 gigabyte and 4060 Ti 16 gigabyte uh, can theoretically, at least in some games, handle, you know, 1440p. And I saw that in my own testing, too. It can handle 1440p just fine. But with the way the memory controller is set up, I definitely wouldn't be buying that for 1440p long term. Uh, You'd have to hop all the way up to a 4070. So, but I mean... $600 $600 plus is a ton of money to spend for 1440p gaming, in my opinion. So if you're, for whatever reason, having to upgrade right now, I think that having these two options uh, are very realistic 1440p options for people. Even if they don't have the NVIDIA advantage, even as far as software and all that goes, like, to me, $600 is too much for 1440p gaming. And the 4060 Ti is just a 1080p card long-term in my head. So that's why I see this likely falling. What I would probably do if it does wind up indeed being about the speed of 6900 XT, I might wait and see like a month from now if there's still 6900 XTs or 6800 XTs around those up at a greater discount. 6900 XTs disappeared. They're all 6950s now. Mm. Yeah, yep. It's funny because like the 6950 is... Six hundred dollars ish, and then the sixty nine hundred XT, like the best you'll find, they're like seven fifty, eight hundred. Some people still tried to sell them for nine hundred. It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> that was actually my next question. Where it's like, okay, after these cards launch, which would you, which route would you go? Last gen for cheaper, uh, hopefully fire sale or a newer gen. So that answers that question. <laughs> it's also going to come down to efficiency. Like, you know, the power numbers of RDNA 3 in general haven't looked awesome. Um, I don't know if that's because like the Infinity fabric and GPU chiplets and all that stuff that they've done. Like it, it costs more power to transfer bits over this um, Infinity fabric or whatever we're calling it that links the, G- the chiplets and the main GCD. So it's like you you got to go from the memory to the chiplet and then from the chiplet to the other chiplet. Mm. And and so it's like, I, I don't know how much extra power that uses, but just in general, it hasn't felt like a, a huge upgrade. Whereas, and, and part of that might just be because, you know, NVIDIA went from Samsung 8 nanometer to TSM 4 nanometer, TSMC, whereas AMD went from 7 to, to 5 within TSMC, Yep. But their chiplets, their their memory chiplets are still six, you know. So it's like they didn't get that big of an advantage because Samsung's eight nanometer was really a ten nanometer class node. So yep. they almost got two full generational upgrades when they shifted, and that that gave them a huge efficiency of advantage. Um, 
you know, power electricity costs money. Um, if you're playing a lot of games, like that might be something to, to factor in too. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's over the year, but if you yeah. were looking he, at yeah, yeah six hundred dollar forty seventy that runs at like what's the forty seventy TDP? Isn't it like two hundred or something? I I don't have it off the top of my head. Let's look. Uh, yeah, so you know, two hundred versus two fifty watts. Like, I don't know how much you guys pay in power, but that could add up to thirty forty dollars a year. <laughs> yep. And then you start going, well, gosh, maybe I should just spend the $600 and get the comparable performance, maybe faster performance in DLSS, get all the other NVIDIA marketing stuff. I don't know. That's- I, re- I remember when reviewing graphics cards was easy. Yeah. It's- <laughs> Back in you know, my the- day. Yeah. The thing I hate about NVIDIA's lineup right now is they've really widened the gap at every level. Like the 3090 and the 3080 we're relatively close, like 10%. Now it's like 40, 90 and 40, 80 are like up to 30% de- gap, 30, 80 to 37, uh, sorry, 40, 80 to 40, 70 TI also up to like a 25, 30% gap. Like there's almost a 20 to 30% gap between every one of NVIDIA's cards. And it used to be generally like, especially as you got to the top, you would pay more for incremental games and now gains. And now they're like, no, we're just going to, milk you for all it's worth so you know there's yeah. reasons to buy a 4090 now um it's not for the last five percent it's it's for the last 30 percent. so people go oh 30 percent more 30 percent more performance mm-hmm. i maybe should do that well i i am looking at an awesome article on tom's hardware called gpu hierarchy uh gpu benchmarks hierarchy however you want to you want to search for it in your googles uh and i'm looking at uh, a gtx 1080 uh, which, if I remember correctly, that's around a five hundred dollar card, the the non founders edition, right? Launched at five fifty, later dropped to five hundred, I think. Okay, or yeah. maybe it was or different six. than that. Six and Launched five, it went up at five. So if if you're a GTX ten eighty person, you know maybe you were like, okay, you know what, I was willing to spend five hundred then. I'm willing to spend about five hundred now. Uh, we don't know the numbers. We don't know the official numbers yet. But you're putting. I'm looking at the fourteen forty p ultra um the generational performance chart however you want to call it <laughs> uh and i'm looking at the 1080 and your your average frames per second is 40 frames per second that's smooth 40 uh and the 4070 is is just under 100 so that's a little bit more than double i mean depending on where the 7800 xt will fall in your chart maybe a little higher like if you look at the 6900 XT, like that's that's my estimate of where uh, it lands. Okay. So, so about 110 maybe ish. Yeah. So I'm like, it, it could be that's almost. It's not triple the performance, but it's like it's two close. and a half times. Yeah. yeah. Which is usually that's a good point, right? When you're that's like, hey, you know upgrade, what? Yeah. yeah. If 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 I'm gonna pay the same the same money, 500 ish dollars, and get about you know almost three times performance, it's not bad. So maybe that's who it's for. I don't know. Just, uh, you know, go over to the the GPU hierarchy uh, article. (laughs) I guess the other question, too, that we're kind of seeing in chat right now is like the longevity on cards like these. Mm -hmm. Right. Because the 1080 that you just mentioned, what, that came out in, what, 2016? Yeah. Like, and so you've gotten what? I can do math. That's like Like seven seven years. years? Seven years on $500, right? 
I mean, do we think that getting a $500 car today is going to have those kind of legs? You know, it's part of the generational thing too. Like the 1080 was a big advance. Pascal architecture was a pretty big jump over Maxwell. Turing wasn't as big of an advance. It pushed ray tracing. Ampere was a pretty decent advance, but then we had cryptocurrency screw everything up. Um, I I don't feel like ADA is a massive performance advance. Uh, there, like it could have been if they'd priced it lower, but instead they they increased prices everywhere. So you're like, okay, well, look, it's it's forty percent faster than a thirty eighty if you get a forty eighty, but it also costs seven hundred dollars more or whatever. Um, yeah. So it's. Like and and AMD, like like I said, it's it feels pretty. You know, it's it's going up a little bit. Like the seventy six hundred is faster than a sixty six fifty XT, but not by much. And they cost a little bit more. And it feels like that same thing applies to every level of the seven thousand series. If the eight thousand series hypothetically is a bigger advance, then you know maybe maybe it causes these the current and previous generation to outdate more quickly. But I, I mean, you've got consoles that aren't getting any faster right now. So until you get a next generation console, I don't think we're going to push the high end of the GPU market that much higher than it already is. Hmm. Uh, well, maybe if you're on your GTX 1080, you can just use FSR three and get a little extra yeah. performance yeah. until the next yeah. generation. I don't know. Uh, FSR three. So that, that was, that was announced. Uh, well, okay. FSR three had been talked about <laughs> for for a bit. It's now before. coming soon, and they've announced two games at least with a bunch more that are coming. And and specifically, uh, the what what do they call it? F- fluid motion frames. Is that? Yep. Yeah, I think they'd given that name before when they oh, first they? announced FSR three. But like, we haven't. I mean, what does that even mean? <laughs> it, it means frame generation is what it means. <laughs> It, it means yeah. extra frames inserted uh, if you want to switch over to FSR three um, on the the thing. So yeah, the 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 thing I'm curious about F- FSR three has the has the advantage of being uh, uh, platform agnostic or device agnostic, right? You can you can run FSR on AMD, Nvidia, Intel, uh, but FSR FSR three with the fluid motion frames is that the same? Is it still, you know, can can be can be played we on anything? We haven't seen it, right? Like, well, they say it will be able to be played on everything, and in fact, they also said that they will have driver level support to do the frame rate doubling tech, even on games that don't support it. So, kind of like you've got the RSR Radeon Super Resolution, where you can do yep. upscaling in the drivers via spatial upscaling. So it's not the the better quality temporal upscaling that FSR2 uses, but you can apply that elsewhere. They they say they've got stuff working where you can apply the fluid motion frames stuff to games that don't explicitly support it. So that's kind of cool. Obviously that does not help non-AMD users because it's a driver thing, right? Yeah, that, that, that's the thing I, I guess I'm kind of curious about. So the fluid motion frames the best implementation is at the developer level inside the game and that can be used on multiple cards but if you if you're using it at the driver level in games that don't have the full support sure it's not as good but you can use it but it's at the driver level meaning that's only amd cards am i reading that correct yeah that's how i saw it 
is there any indication or maybe just an estimation of like okay what what is going to be the difference uh practically like a, a performance wise like you know I, of course at the developer level it's probably going to be better uh visually but it, what about performance it's hard to talk too much about any of this in my opinion because amd still hasn't really deeply explained how it's different from frame gen uh, like we know it doesn't use the ai test we use the shader cores we have a general idea of how it works but it's still largely a mystery mm. like they, they they you definitely you can go in and dig through the developer <laughs> stuff and get a good sense for it but we don't know how it, it could vary so much in how it looks how fast it performs all this all that like the immediate comparison is versus DLSS three, obviously, but we don't know if it actually compares to DLSS three in quality until we're able to touch it. And yeah, it's I'm like the, the idea of frame smoothing, which is really what the, these yeah. technologies are yeah. interpolation. Like that's not new. There's TVs that do frame smoothing and have been around for not my I house, not decades. My house. <laughs> not in my house. Immediately turned <laughs> not allowed. To yeah, uh, but like <laughs> that exists, and and so. You know, it's it's a question of is AI training based network running on NVIDIA's optical flow accelerator hardware that says it has what three hundred and twenty five tera ops of compute, something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, is that going to be better than a generic interpolation algorithm running on compute shaders? That obviously will range, you know, you've got low-end cards like a GTX 1050 that are like two teraflops up to cards that might have, you know, 100 or more teraflops of compute available. And it's like, well, how much does it actually need? And is all the excess compute that NVIDIA supposedly has, is it really improving the quality or is it just kind of marketing? I mean, it's, it's tough to say until we see it in practice. Fundamentally, though, like I don't see how FSR three can look better, yeah, than DLSS three. And DLSS three is not perfect, right? And no. DLSS three is also like it adds latency to to create smoother flow, but you know, or, you or can feel it. Or the latency is the same as if you had it off, but because you're increasing the frames, it it feels like the latency is. Well, they they require you to have NVIDIA Reflex to do DLSS three, which which is like that was a smart move. AMD it looks like they're going to kind of require that game support anti lag to support FSR three. Isn't it anti lag plus now? Is that what it's called? Or both? Yeah, Uh, yeah. It's not clear whether you need anti lag plus. I don't even really know what the real differences are between the Mm. plus and the not. Yeah, but uh, but it's like. Even if a game supports FSR three and anti lag plus, if you're not running it on an AMD card, then you actually don't get the anti lag benefit. You only get the 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 frame doubling benefit. So it's like, well, it might run on a GTX 1080, but it might increase latency a lot more because you're instead of going render frame, show frame while you're rendering the next frame, show frame while you're rendering the next frame, you're going render frame. Hold that for a minute. Okay, we've rendered the next frame. Show this frame. Interpolate this frame. Show this frame while we're ending here. You know, so you're doing two frames are rendered, interpolating and showing, which means you've added two frames of latency. Oh, huh. Yep. yep. So and at sixty frames per second, that's thirty three milliseconds. So that's it's noticeable. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, huh. So I, I didn't realize there was still so many open questions around this stuff, but they, they did announce some games that are supporting it. Uh, I'm assuming it's uh, Starfield, right? Uh, no, I don't think that was one of them. No, it's not. <laughs> it would have. That would have been a good one, though. Yeah. That would have been huge <laughs> if they said that. That, that would that would have been the one. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I think it was uh, one of them was Forspoken, right? Yeah. Uh, the other one was Avium. The yeah, yeah, okay. Immortals, Immortals, Immortals of, of Avium. Avium. Yeah. So and they've also got Avatar. Cyberpunk will be adding it. Oh, okay. Then Space Marine Two, Frostpunk Two, Alters. Don't know that game. Squad, don't know that. Starship Troopers Extermination. But, Wukong. So so that's but that's the developer implementation. What about when the driver level one comes out? Yeah, do, that's do not clear know? either. Oh okay. <laughs> so they had said uh Fall. Well Frank Azor said FSR three is coming out in these games in September. We know that. Uh Hyper RX, which is the feature that turns all the things on to improve performance. Is coming out September 6th as well, uh, alongside the graphics cards. So that'll turn on uh, Radeon Super Resolution. That'll turn on Radeon Anti-Lag. And there is one more. Radeon Boost. Radeon Boost. Yeah. Uh, To increase performance. And so the fluid motion frames are going to be added to that bundle, basically. So you'll be able to turn that on. And that'll get included in there to boost performance even more. The way I think it'll wind up, because your initial question was FSR 3 versus fluid motion frames at the driver level. Yeah. I think we can already look at Radeon Super Resolution as a way that kind of works. Because Radeon Super Resolution is just the simple upscaling that you get. Mm -hmm. Uh, The spatial upscaling. So if you're using it in HyperRx, that's what you're using. And the difference between FSR 1 and Radeon Super Resolution is then it can get a little wonky, a little muddy on like UI elements and stuff like that because it's just doing the whole thing. Whereas if you a developer goes in here and actually implements FSR 3.0, then it gets the temporal motion, FSR 2 stuff, it gets the fluid motion frames, I'm assuming there. They'll be handling those upscaling elements more. Mm-hmm. So I think FSR 3 will be the preferred thing. But the idea of having virtually any DirectX 12 or DirectX 11 game be at least able to be played with with fluid motion frames in quarter one of next year is pretty exciting on paper and i can't wait to see what it means in practice hmm. so for the for the hyper so it's it's hypr dash rx right uh, yeah so that that Edgy. is essentially yeah in the in the driver level it's kind of a the way it was described to me was that it was like a, a, a one-stop button to hit to get more performance so yeah it, yep. it, it you hit it on the game that you want to use it in and then it automatically enables uh those things to get the the most performance uh out of the game so but 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 that's yeah that, that still seems like something that is exclusive to newer gpus right I, I think that was the question that that i had somebody in 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 discord asked to be like wait this seems like it's only exclusive to 7000 i'm that, not sure like i think that? it works on 6000 but i i'm not positive i mean the you know super resolution is is the it upscales whatever lower resolution you use to your monitor's resolution which like it's not quite as flexible as I'd want. Cause it's like, well, what if I have a 4k monitor, but I want it 
upscaled to two uh, to fourteen forty p instead because my GPU is not fast enough to even think about four k. Uh, you don't get that choice really. I, I don't know how bad that matters. Radeon Boost is the dynamic resolution thing, so I'm not sure how that works with RSR, right? Because because it's like, well, wait, so you're going to do upscaling and then upscaling again? Um, I can see why it would really help performance, but I'm not sure if I like the quality aspect. I guess we'll see. I mean, HyperRx doesn't feel as critical to me as like certain other features might be. I mean, I, I, think, I think I think it's really cool. Like for me, the interesting part when it does come out in quarter one is one, we be able to turn fluid motion frames on without the other aspects of HyperRx? Because HyperRx is basically just a button that flips on. Buttons that already existed, it just flips them all on at the same time. Uh, and two, I'm interested to see how these fluid motion frames that are inserted between every other rendered frame are going to react when boost is turned on. Because if you're doing the simple spatial <laughs> upscaling, like that's easy enough to figure out you know, this is the resolution of the frame I'm going to throw in the middle. But the whole point of boost is whenever you're moving quickly, it dramatically, dynamically lowers the resolution. And I'm just real curious to see how these fluid motion frames interact with that. <laughs> I mean, I haven't tried Radeon Boost lately. I know I know when it first came out, like I toyed with it, and there were definitely some glitchiness in there mm -hmm. um, where it was like the system was... You, you could get stuttering at times because it was like the system's trying to figure out, hey, what should I actually render at? Whereas without the dynamic scaling, it's like, it's really simple. You render at 1080p or 1440p or whatever, and you just do that instead of like, well, should I do 720p, 768p, you know, some in-between number. And so like, I I don't know if that got better. I hope so, but it's like the, the automatic upscaling stuff, dynamic upscaling always... It rubs me a little yeah. bit wrong. Feels too console-y. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. Bad, sorry. Oh, bad word. Said the, the word of the day. Console. Uh, yeah, okay. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So I think it's all cool. I can't wait to try it. But there definitely are more question marks around you and all this than you would think just watching AMD's presentation. Yeah, actually, we did have uh, quite a few people in, in our Discord be like, hey, can you see if somebody from AMD can come on the show and, and help explain this more? Uh, because, yeah, it, it does seem a little... There's, there's a lot to to track here, but then once again, man, that, that makes you guys' job harder uh, for reviewing GPUs. It's not just, eh, it played this game at this resolution, you know, at this setting, it's done. Well, and it's been going that way for yeah. basically since the RTX series launched because all of a sudden NVIDIA is like, hey, look, ray tracing. Hey, look, DLSS, you know. And so then all of a sudden we've got a lot more marketing influenced stuff that they can show where it's like, you know, it's like the 40 series NVIDIA benchmarks that NVIDIA shows internal, uh, you know, hey, here's our testing. And it's like, wow, you've got like, 70% of the games support DLSS 3. That's amazing. <laughs> and it, yeah, yep. this card's three times faster. faster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, uh, when you use DLSS 3. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh, speaking of FSR, uh, I, I kind of quickly made a little video about this. We have an article on the website, but I, I had a little bit of breaking news uh, that, that happened. Uh, in this, this, I had a chance to sit down with, with Frank Azor of AMD, uh, at a, a pre-brief around Gamescom, 
And I asked him specifically about the whole FSR situation in in Starfield. Uh, if you remember correctly, there was the the partnership of AMD and Bethesda to to help AMD products perform the best that they can, uh, or including consoles because those are AMD products, uh, AMD based products. Um, and then a lot of people ran with that and was like, "Okay, does that mean FSR is exclusive in Starfield? That you're not going to be able to use DLSS?" Which was also interesting because I thought we all hated DLSS. Wait, all of a sudden now we're we're mad that we don't get access to DLSS? Whatever. I mean, I I, I say more choices for the end person the better. Uh, but also, yeah, why why get too angry about it? Not quite sure. Maybe maybe just Nvidia fanboys. Anyway, so the 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 statement that uh, that Frank gave was that yes, AMD and Bethesda uh, had a has a, have a partnership to make the most of AMD. Uh, based products and they wanted to uh, prioritize fsr development in starfield um fsr obviously is an open platform can be used you know across multiple devices works on consoles intel nvidia gpus uh so you know it, it is a it is a nice choice for uh for gamers uh and then the last part of that that quote uh that frank gave uh it was me and then um uh, the Verge uh, was in that meeting as well. They they have a separate article saying that uh, if if Bethesda wanted to go implement another upscaling solution, that they have AMD's full support. Uh, they they also released kind of a a longer quote uh, that we have in in our article as well. I'm I'm not going to go over the whole thing here, but yeah, it's it sounds like finally we have a little bit more understanding uh, into that into that situation. Jared, uh, did do you? Do you know uh, any more about this? I mean, I, I, I don't know any more than what was said. What? Well, I know that when all the big stink about AMD's blocking people from doing DLSS came out, um, what, three months ago, there was a big uproar over it. It was late and, June, yeah. Yeah, we, we like hit AMD up and said, hey, can you comment on this? And at one point they said, yeah, we'll get you a statement by Friday. And then... It, it disappeared. It didn't happen. And, you know, on the one hand, you go, oh, well, that's got to be bad. And I'm like, no, legal is weird. Going through legal causes delays. But, like, what's the benefit of to AMD of saying don't support DLSS? Like, um, requiring them to not support it. Like, they're not the bigger market, so they don't have that muscle to throw around like NVIDIA might, where NVIDIA can go, hey, 80 to 90% of PC gamers use NVIDIA cards, right? They could they can throw that out. Obviously, that's not RTX cards, but whatever. Um, show me the money. You know, why would AMD actually say, hey, we're helping you out and you're gonna you're gonna use our tech and we're going to exclude you from using DLSS? It it doesn't really make sense for AMD to do that. It would be really kind of dumb. But actually getting the official statement that, hey, we don't do that, I guess it takes a little longer. Well, so I, I did ask about deeper contract stuff like, OK, d does that like you're saying prioritize, but does that mean at the exclusion of because, yeah. you know, you could say, hey, prioritize it. You know, you can do it at the same time, just prioritize FSR. Uh, but also that could also mean like, hey, prioritize it by not doing this other thing. Yeah. Uh, so the, yeah, the, it gets messy. Like feature creep is a real problem in game development. And so it's like, oh well, I mean, my thing is you've got you've got uh what's his name? Dark uh, uh something dark. He he does the DLSS mods. Oh yeah, I don't know. Yep. yep. 
what's his name? Do you got it? Oh, I don't have it <laughs> off the top of my head, though. Uh, one of our guys was talking about it earlier, but he's he's got like a thing where it's like five dollars a month. Patreon gets you access to his his uh, DLSS injections, and I guess he's also done it the other way, FSR two injections. And it's funny because basically it's, what he's saying is if a game supports any of these temporal upscaling techniques, XESS, DLSS, FSR2, then it's not that hard for a modder to come in and redirect things to make it work with the others. Hmm. So it's like, okay, if a modder can do it, it certainly can't be that difficult. But doing it and doing it well aren't the same thing. I mean, yep. it, NVIDIA has seemingly opened up to games that they're promoting having DLS having FSR2 and XESS as well as DLSS. Um but I've noticed in some of those games like uh Redfall or I'm trying to think what the others were, but like the FSR2 implementation doesn't necessarily feel like it's the optimal because pretty much you need sharpening a sharpening filter as well as the upscaling and not all of the games that support upscaling seem to have the sharpening filter. So like there's still, there's still some funkiness going on and it takes time and developers don't always want to put in the time, but yeah, to the developers out there, it's really simple. Like please just support all three of the upscalers do XCSS, DLSS and FSR2 and let, let the users choose which one they want to use. I mean, for, yeah, for, the, for the, the end user, the interim, more option, the better. In the interim, I do see the flexibility of SF, FSR. Like, if you're like, we're going to have one ready for launch, and we want to go to the consoles as well, I do get that FSR would be appealing. A good place to start. Yeah, it works on but everything. Please, yeah, but please, yeah, I agree. Come back. If it is simple enough, it could, if it can take a few days, it'll make a lot of PC gamers happy if you can run DLSS, FSR, or XESS. Yeah, and and it also should be noted, like, um, like if you support these upscalers, you know, it it doesn't always work the same. There's there's stuff that goes on behind the scene, but you know, the inputs to DLSS and XESS and FSR two are generally the same. So, you know, I've I've heard some people suggest that it can only it it can take as little as one to two days for a developer to add. FSR2 if they already have DLSS like there's APIs that make it even easier supposedly so you know don't don't uh skip out just because it's easier um XESS is also like you also need to clarify like some people go XESS quality is comparable to DLSS but it works on everything that's not true because XESS runs in two modes it runs in DP4A on non Intel and it runs in XMX mode on Intel and the XMX mode definitely looks better. So like, I think the, the DP4A basically four bit integer mode, I think um, Mm -hmm. that looks possibly worse than FSR two. And so it's like, yeah, if you don't have AMD and you are, well, if you have an older GPU, it's like FSR two is the first pick. If you have an Intel arc, then XESS is your best pick. And if you have an RTX, then DLSS is your best pick. Yeah, I mean, me personally, if there was one to be like, oh, hey, you know what, we're, we're going to launch with one, it would be FSR. Cause it, yeah, it's, it, it works across most of the stuff. I can understand why a developer would be like, hey, you know what, we're going we're gonna to do this one because I, you know, I can also hit consoles, handheld devices, which are, are almost all <laughs> AMD-based, uh, you know, 
So I, I could I could totally see that. But yes, more Are a lot of more games on consoles using FSR two? I'm not a console person, so I, I don't even know. It like the PC, at least from what I've seen, uh with digital foundry <laughs> you know, breakdowns is that, that FSR it it still comes in either FSR one or two. Uh actually the supposedly the the newest Zelda title on uh um on the Switch, the Switch? uses FSR one. Uh, even though that's NVIDIA based hardware. So, you know, like that, that makes sense though. Cause the switch is basically like your old <laughs> yeah. Tegra X1 SOC or whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's old, old hardware. It's a toaster with the screen. <laughs> I still love mine though. Yeah. But it's a toaster yeah. with the screen. So, but it, it sounds like at least with the quote and the, ch- the chat we were having is that like, Hey, listen, Bethesda, Bethesda still has the ability to, to go in and put that if they want to. Does that mean we're going to come back in, in a couple months and then, hey, all of a sudden it's got official DLSS or XCSS support? I don't know. Could we come back in a year and it's like, hey, this still doesn't have DLSS support? I I could see that, too. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. Either way, it sounds like whatever roadblocks people thought were there are not there anymore, at least as of right now. The, the other question people had like, OK, well, then they had a couple months to change this. Maybe they changed it in the contract. We don't know that's that's pure pure speculation at this point we don't know either way right now the word is that hey if bethesda would like to implement it you know go for it so yeah i i think that there's the two things is like the implementation and then hopefully you know i i would like to get a stronger uh understanding of hey is is amd actually doing this contractually maybe they changed it in this one but at least for games going forward is that a contractual thing have they maybe been like, hey, you know what? Okay, going forward, we're gonna we're gonna be a little less pushy about this. I don't know. So still, still more questions uh, to to get but into. I think it's it, good. But, even that, yeah. even that official statement, the big longer one that you put in your article, yeah. it says if a developer asks for this, like, yeah, we're cool with it. So that's what it says. That's what it is going forward. So I think that's. Regardless of what it was in the past, that's about the best you can hope for going forward in the future. Yeah, so. exactly. Uh, and I'm then... still always curious about like the the actual implementations of any of these upscalers because, like in theory, you would think that it would be relatively straightforward and that you would get relatively similar results from the scaling. But even DLSS two, like across a broad suite of games, if you check them all, it's like there's games where it does really poor at upscaling and you have to go, well, it's got to be on the engine somewhere, but why? Like Red Dead Redemption 2, that's like the poster child for bad DLSS 2 upscaling performance. It gives you like 5%, 10% sometimes, um, even at like higher resolutions. It's like, well, you know, Watch Dogs Legion gets 50 to 80% depending on your resolution and settings and stuff. So why isn't Red Dead getting more? And like, there's a bunch of things that go on in the background and game engines that, you know, they were done one way. And if you tack on an upscaler later, it may be harder to implement it and get optimal results. But I think, I think for newer engines, at least, you know, where they're aware of it in advance, it will be better for the upscalers because they're like, Oh yeah, we're, we're building with, upscaling in mind so that we don't have these anomalies i mean yeah either way it seems like seems like a lot a lot more newer games are implementing some sort of upscaling uh or i should say i should say uh fsr specific or dlss specific upscaling um 
because there's other different kinds of upscaling. So, you know, demanding games, especially like the, the games that are actually going to push your hardware really hard. Yeah. That's ones that they, it's, you know, the indie stuff doesn't usually need upscaling, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's nice to have it, you know, yeah, might, might as well, but yeah. So anyway, uh, that's, that's FSR and and all that kind of fun stuff uh i think i i, I realized we're uh, 15 minutes till brad turns into a, a pumpkin uh <laughs> let's move over to to intel news so i was mushroom. <laughs> a mushroom there you go <laughs> um so i was recently uh, uh brought out by gigabyte to an event with for talking about their their z790 refresh uh for intel's next gen cpu launch um now gigabyte would not confirm what next gen is called apart from next gen is it 14th gen is it just 13th gen refresh is it something new uh gigabyte did not say anything to that effect but i you know i'm gonna personally call it 14th gen because i think that's what intel is probably going to do they're going to say hey you know what uh these new chips they're going to be raptor lake refresh uh and they're moving forward this is going to be 14th gen they're going to call it a generation whether you agree with it or not you know, uh, I I think that's probably the the case. Uh, but I did get a couple things from from Gigabyte looking at at these refresh boards. Uh, so these these are our Z790 refresh boards uh, that are obviously coming out soon. Uh, you know, and and I did ask the question. Okay, does that mean there is no Z890 coming uh, anytime soon? And and they confirmed. Yeah, that's that's whatever the next next gen is from from intel so that would allude to okay these are, are just the refresh and this isn't desktop meteor like from that but then also the the bigger thing for me which i want to ask people here to see if if you agree that this is a big deal or not uh is that it's still the lga 1700 socket which means whatever this next gen is going to be uh is going to be in that same socket and the, that's the first time intel has had three generations in the same socket in in a while i, I don't know without chipset shenanigans yeah yeah no yeah. The, the chipset is the same that nothing has changed on that because uh, i mean we had six seventh eighth ninth all used the same socket but, but they, the chipset changed yeah. but the chipset changed and you couldn't use like certain ones like they they drew an artificial gap between the seventh and the eighth yeah. or something and it, it doesn't mean that doesn't the <clears throat> performance ed, uh improvements won't be there so gigabyte uh one of the big things they were, they were talking about was mem- memory overclocking uh they were very confident in being able to hit 8266 at launch and that's for a number of reasons and, and they believe that that's going to be the highest of the vendors uh that that will launch with whatever next gen is uh and that's for a couple things obviously the memory controller in whatever the next gen cpu is going to be more advanced going to be more stable to hit those those higher clocks uh but then uh gigabyte specifically had some pcb uh design changes um they they call it server grade uh they've they've got uh some marketing material showing like the the different layers have been kind of messed around with the the, the memory routing uh, to the CPU is, is, has been changed to to kind of facilitate faster speeds. But then they also, on the higher-end boards, had this thing that they were calling, uh, oh crap, I think it's backdrilling, uh, where where they actually go in the back of the motherboard where the, the RAM traces are, and they, they drill into them to shorten the whatever the trace is that's leading to it. Supposedly that, that's going to help 
that stuff was way over my head, so you know I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm not gonna claim to fully understand that. But either way, Gigabyte just just really felt really confident that hey, you know, sure, sure, maybe uh, you know a lot of that is going to come from the actual uh, chip itself, but that that the the changes they have for Z790 refresh uh, are are going to be beneficial. Um, anyway that that was kind of you know what what i can glean from from performance we haven't seen numbers we haven't seen any sort of data of of what's going to going to come out of the next gen but going back to the the socket thing if this is just a raptor lake refresh with higher speeds maybe more e cores maybe you know uh better memory tuning is is that enough to call it a new gen Brad what do you think uh, by the modern generational standard, yes. Uh, these days, generations are a mixture of marketing and actual technological advancements. <laughs> so it's very different from what it used to be. Uh, I think that if you know they are able to hit these much higher clock speeds, uh, well, there was actually it's interesting to me that one. I believe you were the one who broke the news about Z790 being or this this socket still being the one to go forward. I think you were the first one to confirm that from someone like Gigabyte. Uh, just a day or two after that, video cards found an unlisted video from MSI training for folks that basically says, yeah, you know, it's basically is just a refresh. Uh, they're expecting to see about 3% faster than 13th gen uh, in most things. The Core i7 is getting more efficiency cores, so it'll be higher. So there's all kinds of things leaking about this right now from Theria official companies uh but yeah i mean they got to put new generational products out so they have a new christmas lineup of pcs to sell so that's the bottom line <laughs> yeah and they, they, are, they already pulled that ks trigger so this you know and yeah. they're, they're not going to call everything down the stack a ks you're not going to have a a, a 14 500 ks uh that probably doesn't make sense <laughs> So yeah, no, I, I I could see why they would come out and call it 14th gen if that's what is is true. Um, but it, it was also funny. It, a lot of people in the in the comments of my video that I made, people were like, Psh, "What are you talking about? This is this has been known forever." And I'm like, "Man, I believe this is the first time that it's been officially said." Uh, sure, the yes. leaks have have mentioned stuff, but uh, I, I believe this is the first time that has been officially yeah, it was. said so the leaks have covered both ways and other ways too now yeah there's a reason i don't cover much leaks <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> which uh once again so so the the other way to look at it uh because I, I think there there's two ways to look at it you can either see this as a negative which uh, you know a lot of people in the, in the chat are saying like yeah you know what this is just a, a minor a minor bump maybe some more e-cores on a specific thing and this is this is no news but also, I think the other way to look at it is if you did get on 12th gen, say, hey, you know what? Now I have even more options to upgrade in that socket because it'll sh it'll support Z690. Right. I'm, I'm actually still on a Z690 board as well, and I have a, a 13th gen chip. So, like, being able to have that those increases, uh, or, or I'm sorry, cool. more options, I, I still think that that's worth it. I, I mean, as opposed to them just not releasing anything at all. Like what's a, okay? So maybe they don't call it 14th gen. Maybe they call it something else, or maybe they just don't. Really, I mean, I I still think more options are better, right? I mean, 
I guess it really depends on the price and what you get for it. There's there's other leaks that are suggesting Raptor Lake refresh might actually cost more as well at every level. And I'm like, I don't see how you pull that one off. Yeah, okay. Well, that would be. <laughs> um, and and my question is more like, will if if Raptor Lake refresh on desktop is 14th gen, will there also still be Meteor Lake on desktop as a 14th gen, or will that not happen on desktop? I mean, Meteor Lake. I I don't even know for sure what the what the CPU cores architecture are supposed to be. Like, I I think they're supposed to use Intel Four, their seven nanometer node. Um, but then it's tiled, and so I'm like, well, the, the tiling opens up a lot of questions, and like, what are they putting on? You know, they can put on a much bigger GPU, which makes a lot of sense for mobile. But on desktop, it's like, yeah, who needs who needs a bigger integrated GPU? Um, some people might like it in theory, but in practice, I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't pay a lot extra for it because I'd rather just go buy a graphics card if I want faster graphics. So, I mean, I don't know. Do we know if Meteor Lake is still coming to desktop? I, I, I don't. I, I've I've only seen the rumors, right? There, there's the, I don't believe there's anything official uh, out there for yeah. for desktop. And it stuff. covers both ways. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> again, yeah. yeah. Once again, it is and it isn't coming. The laptop. There's definitely a lot more stuff to talk about on on meteor like laptop stuff but the desktop is yeah i i'm not i don't know <laughs> i kind of feel like intel hasn't said anything really yeah. about desktop so <laughs> i feel like meteor lake is going to be like broadwell which if you don't know that was the fifth gen core and it launched on mobile and then sort of got a desktop version right before skylake which was sixth gen so it's like Almost no one ever bought Broadwell for a desktop PC. It was for laptops and and pretty much it. Broadwell E was different because that was their HEDT yeah. stuff. But, you know, and I, I feel like the way it's going, Meteor Lake could very much end up, well, like Tiger Lake too. Tiger Lake never came to desktops. Um, and we know lots of people are buying laptops and skipping desktops. I'm I'm still an old guy holdout who likes my big honking desktops and power hungry graphics cards. So <laughs> also, it sounds like a big part of the Meteor Lake story is efficiency, which I mean matters on desktop, but matters more on laptop. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, I mean, going from Intel seven ten nanometer down to Intel four seven nanometer <laughs> will. <laughs> will certainly help. Like Raptor Lake is not a uh, cool running low power chip, especially like the 13900K. I mean, it, it, can, it be. can hit 100C. It, yeah, yeah it, it can be when it's not doing a lot, but it can <laughs> hit 100C even with liquid cooling and it can uh, suck down 250 watts of power. So, you know, if if they do a die shrink of just the same architecture, like it, it could conceivably drop that power use quite a bit. And that, that would be good to see even on desktop, but I don't know. I don't know that we will actually see it. We might have to wait for what's next. Arrow Lake, Lunar Lake. Something I, I think, I, don't I think know. Arrow. Yeah, no, I believe so. Arrow uh, then Lunar. Elena, yeah. Elena, do you think this is a good deal to, to have three, three generations in the same socket? Are you, are you happy by this? You're muted. Oh, you're muted, Elliot. No, she's just thinking Hi. really hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, I honestly think that's dependent on what the performance is going to be of the quote-unquote third generation on the socket, right? Mm -hmm. Because 
what really made to me what it made AM4 so amazing was that you could do a realistic upgrade on the same platform, right? Like somebody who bought first gen would actually be realistically looking at Ryzen 5000. It's not like one of those things where it's like, oh, it supports X number of generations, but no one's actually going to buy it in the time frame that those generations come out, right? Mm-hmm. But to me, like if you were somebody who bought the first generation on LGA 1700, like I think the performance of the, the quote unquote third generation is going to dictate whether or not it make it worth it to upgrade. That's how I see it. Or, or I mean, the because the, the, the other way to look at it is that if you were on 12th gen, and you're like, oh crap, you know what? Like, I, 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 it's long in the tooth. I don't know, you know, <laughs> it's only a couple of years old. It's long in the tooth, and I, and I look need to upgrade. You're talking about just the chip upgrade rather than the whole platform upgrade in place. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's really the question you're asking me, though, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. it's like if you're saying, because like, to me, the only benefit of having it on that socket first, or sorry, on that, yeah, sorry, my brain. It's lunchtime, everybody. <laughs> so having that many gen- number of generations is for someone who's doing an in place upgrade. Right, because if you're buying brand new, it doesn't really matter to you at that point what it's what it's going to be. In fact, you're looking for something that's going to have more legs to it. Maybe, maybe. I, I think the legs thing yeah. is part of the the story, though, because it's like, well, let's say Intel were to try and do a hypothetical Z eight ninety, what would they do? What would it add? Like, what does Z seven ninety and even Z six ninety not give you that you'd be like oh yeah i I mean like on on am4 like you went from pci gen 3 to pci gen 4 and you went from ddr no it was all ddr4 wasn't it Mm -hmm. but they added usb 3.2 gen 2 by 2 whatever like they added some new stuff um with the later generations and they increased the link between the chipset and the cpu socket at one point i i might be fuzzing some things up there but you know it's like I look at what Z690 and Z790 add and it's like, well, there's, they're not going to add PCIe Gen 6 right now. Like it, it exists, but it's not ready for consumer market anytime soon. So well, that hasn't we stopped. don't really that hasn't need stopped it. implementation. No, it hasn't. <laughs> Forward looking tech. In this but... <laughs> case, we, we don't even have Gen 5 graphics cards yet outside <laughs> of like the H100 has a Gen 5 connect. So, you know, we, there's, there's really literally nothing new to add to the chipset right now that I think would be worthwhile and compelling. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, I, either way, though, I, I I am quick to not rush to be like, ah, this is stupid. Forget about it. I, If there's one thing that we've learned from AIM-4, and it looks like AIM-5 is, is going to hold true to that same thing, is like, hey, ha- having these platforms around longer is is better to have options for the consumer so sure maybe it's just a refresh maybe that's just where intel could couldn't do it now and 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 steer that that huge boat <laughs> when the am4 was in its heyday but in the future you know may, maybe in the future it's like hey this could be a signaling of of a newer intel that allows for more than two generations on on the same socket uh it will depend on how it works out for him probably right mm-hmm. Yeah, but this seems like this seems like an easy kind of softball like, hey, you know what, it's just a refresh, might as well do it anyway. Uh so hopefully it works out well, you know, in their favor because yeah, I mean, I think that is something that people have loved about AIM4 and and a lot of I at least I hear a lot of people saying, "Okay, I went into AIM5 brand new because 
of I, I know I get that longevity. So hopefully this is a signaling that Intel is is looking into that. And, and my sh- guess, my <laughs> my guess is uh, it'd be cool if they didn't take that away. But they never marketed this as going to be three generations long or anything no. like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I would highly doubt that they would ever do that, to be honest, because they like their rapid pace of innovation on motherboards. It lets them add things much faster. They had DDR5 way before AMD did. So uh, PCIe 5. And so. that's the other way to look at it, too, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's the thing Gordon has always said is like, hey, yeah, sure. It, it, it's only two in the same socket, but... Yeah, you're you're getting upgrades way quicker. So, I, like, but I I feel like three, like I feel like three is a good middle ground. Like, uh, like I feel like that's a for me at least. Like that's enough to be like, okay, you know what? Maybe if I got in on whatever that first gen of the socket, and there's two more gens after that, that that's not. But sure, it's not the really long tail of like AM4. Uh, but if you jumped in on like twelve nine hundred K. And Z six ninety, right? At you know, when those first launched. That's the that's the hard thing for me is I'm like, I, you go, well, so who bought a Z six ninety and still wants to use it and get an upgrade where the upgrade will be that meaningful? Thirteen nine hundred K was actually a bigger jump than I was expecting, but I'm not expecting a lot from fourteen nine hundred K. So it's like, well. Maybe like if you bought in at a at a core i five and then you're like yeah I'm ready to upgrade I think that's that's the more likely route I just don't know that a 14th gen Raptor Lake refresh is going to be that much different from a 13th gen i five or i seven or whatever we'll have to see where they land we'll the i seven says you're getting the four extra efficiency cores that's that's the big change it seems like how high will they get clocks will the power be better those are those are interesting points, but I mean, and hey, hey the, those faster RAM speeds too. I mean, gig, yeah, Gigabyte. They not not only did they say they they're confident they're going to have the that eighty two sixty six, you know, and be the fastest board out there. They were like, this is just the beginning. They feel like they can push it even further. They weren't willing to those, say what numbers, but are those useful RAM speeds? Because like at some point you have to shift from yeah. gear two to gear four or whatever <laughs> it is. And and it's like, okay, so you clocked your memory way higher, but you actually lost performance. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yet yet to be seen. Obviously we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see testing. We'll see uh when the testing comes. Uh Brad, do you do you need to pop off? Uh uh, I can answer a question or two. All right, we, we got. Uh, we're we're going to switch over to the Q and A now. If you have questions, get them in in the chat. If you're watching live at PC World, that's kind of the easiest way for us to see it and mark it down. If you're listening or watching later, use the link in the description. Go over to Discord. I actually started something fresh on Discord. I I started one of the forums that they have. I I don't even know how to use it. I just started it and was like, hey, <laughs> well, let, we have one. Let's figure it out. Yeah, <laughs> we have a set. Yeah, I might have reorganized it a little. No, please do do it. You know, like it's one of those things that, that I I love Discord because there's a lot of ways to do it, and I I like messing around with it. And I feel like our computer our community is like a really good tight knit community right now. And mm-hmm. it's like okay, now's a good time to kind of try to scale things up and and have some fun with it. So anyway, get over there. But- there there's a channel uh, for questions. That hopefully I'll read. Sorry, Discord. One one quick note. It is a tight knit group, but also very welcoming. And we've had some new very faces welcome. on there, which is wonderful. Yeah. So yes. the more the merrier. Please come join us. For sure. Even if you just want to 
come talk food. We have a food channel. Come uh, play with us. <laughs> come play Don't with talk us. food right now though, because I'm hungry and I it's know. lunchtime. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so let's get to let's get to a couple questions. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, Bob Jones asks as a follow up for the the new GPUs: Is there a embargo date for reviews of the seventy seven hundred XT and the seventy eight hundred XT? There is, I'm sure. I I don't know if it's if it's going to be September sixth or if it will be the like like is that the retail launch date and if so will the reviews go live the day before or the day of launch i i'm not actually totally sure on that yet um but we know the cards are available september 6th yeah i never talk about whether or not i'm under embargo for most things uh but typically with gpu reviews it'll be like jared just said the morning of or the day before typically at 9 a.m eastern time so if you're, you're really keen to know, historically, yeah, historically, like for uh, the, if you want more fun, the testing reviews, <laughs> if you want more fun, good GPUs or GPUs that are at least not bad, they let the reviews go live a day before. And ones that are less likely to be good, they, they might do like the 4060 Ti 16 gigabyte where they're not sampled. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, historically, yeah. Uh, we we got a five dollar super chat earlier from a friend of the show, VC Jester, asking you, Brad. Uh, speaking of getting angry about everything, uh, I noticed the lack of background in Brad's stream. Uh, was he bought off by Big Sheetrock? Huh? Are you, are you just here to give us a big ad for Sheetrock? Uh, no, but Smart Water is great. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Check being deposited right now. I would never actually buy smart water. Uh, I'm a tap or whatever cheap at the store kind of guy. But my girlfriend had this. And it was sitting next to the bed, and I ran out of Pepsi. So, oh, there you go. Uh, liquid, <laughs> liquid death. I can't do Pepsi anymore. You took the challenge, and you, you no, made it? no, no. I got I got COVID a year and a half or something ago, two years ago, whatever it was. And it changed my taste buds and colas oh, now no. have a bitter aftertaste. Oh. So I can do Dr. Pepper, which is my go-to drink beforehand anyway, because hmm. it's not a cola. But Pepsi and Coke, both of them, I taste it and I like, go, oh, that's gross. Wow. Weird. <laughs> Tastes like charcoal. Well, that sucks. <laughs> I, like, I like a good Coca-Cola. Um, you like co-fiber. Coke is not as bad as Pepsi on the aftertaste. I can still drink Coke okay. It just doesn't taste quite as good as. Does it, it depend to. on the the real sugar versus the aspartame? No, no same thing. I, I've tried them all on Pepsi, yeah, okay. like even the wild cherry Pepsi or mango Pepsi or whatever. They're all like I taste them. I'm like, oh yeah, there's there's something in there that doesn't go well with me now. Wait, hold the phone. There's a mango Pepsi. <laughs> uh, yes, Wonder. I don't know if it's still around. My mom had it, so. I visited her and she had it and she's like, yeah, I like this. And then she found out like it had 65 milligrams of caffeine while the wild cherry had 25 or something. She's like, what? Why has it got so much caffeine? <laughs> well, there is a, a mango liquid death. That's my goal. That's my goal for next year. We need a liquid death sponsorship. Uh, Good grief. That's our next one. Uh, we've tried to go after Disney McDonald's, uh, Toilet paper, Charmin. <laughs> we, we, we haven't gotten them, but maybe Liquid Death. Maybe Liquid Death is the one that we can get. Uh, <laughs> anyway, um, no other pertinent questions uh, for Brad. So if you wanna, if you wanna pop out, okay. Uh, now's a good. Yeah, time. I gotta go. Sorry, I just haven't beaten in nope. five minutes. Yeah, okay. thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. Right. Um, 
Well, we do have a couple comments uh, with Super Chats. Uh, Space Channel 5, ooh la la, uh, gave us two pounds earlier, said NVIDIA should re- NVIDIA should have released a 12 gig 4080. They did. It was a 4070 yeah, Ti. There you go. Boom. <laughs> Done. Easy. <laughs> uh, Space Channel 5 also gave us uh, five pounds a little bit later. Ooh la la. Thank you. Uh, said uh, the, the fun fact about AI is the hyperscalers will eat their lunch. AWS uh, is just AWS will just make their own chips. Um, so this is way out of the realm of my understanding <laughs> about uh, server side stuff. But Jared, how much do you know about this kind of Some. stuff? Do you- I know that Google just announced their V5 TPU, their tensor processing unit. Mm. That's an AI chip. Do, do, uh, I, I guess the, the question I'm, I'm wondering, does that mean NVIDIA is like gobbling up all this money right now? But in, in a couple years from now, people like AWS are like, hey, you know what? We don't we don't need to buy your cards. We're, we're making our own chips. So so Google and AWS and and microsoft like they all are kind of doing the same thing where it's like they have to offer multiple options so with Uh, with google's cloud stuff you can have their tpus mm -hmm. you can get v3 v4 i don't know if there's still v2 deployed probably now there's v5 come out um uh, they actually said it was up to gosh they had a number is like 400 petaflops of of compute but that's int 8 compute using 256 chips. And so I did the math and I was like, that's like 390 tera ops per chip. That's not actually that high for 8-bit integers. I I think Intel and AMD, or not Intel, NVIDIA and AMD are pushing like well into the um, thousand tera ops range. So anyway, but uh, um, so you've got to have the hardware, but then you've also got to have the software and it's got to be optimized for it. So Mm. like... Basically, Google offers also A100s and H100s from NVIDIA because their customers want them. And so, you know, until people stop using NVIDIA and switch to Amazon's or Facebook's or whoever's specialized AI chip, like the cloud providers will have to offer all of them. And they'll just need to figure out the right ratio of what people want to use versus what's out there. I mean, right now, NVIDIA has been doing this AI stuff the longest, and they've been pushing it for a, a long time. And so CUDA is pretty entrenched as the go-to standard, and it will take quite a while for that to get displaced, even if everyone wanted to. I mean, AMD, well, the Department of Energy got upset with NVIDIA, it feels like, and decided, hey, let's shift to AMD. And so they're bootstrapping AMD's Rockem and stuff because they want an open source rather than closed source ecosystem. But that will still take time to trickle down. So El Capitan and Frontier are coming online and those don't have CUDA, but how long until that trickles down and affects the the wider market? I don't know. Same uh, with Aurora. You know, Aurora's got Intel's Sapphire Rapids and Pontevecchio, and it uses one API instead of CUDA. So, uh, are you are you covering hot chips going on right now at all? Uh, I haven't watched too much. I looked for any GPU stuff that I, I'm more consumer GPU. So there's a lot of AI stuff happening at hot chips. It's all AI right now. You know, given given all the news about how much money NVIDIA is making in AI, that's 
kind of not surprising how big so many companies have gone on AI suddenly. Oh, we're buying 30,000 GPUs to do AI. Everyone wants to do a chat GPT. <laughs> Great. Uh, well, friend of the show, Dr. Ian Cutris, Tech Tech Potato, is, is in the bay for hot chips uh and we're, we're we're trying to get trying to get together to do some more videos so maybe i'll ask him about some of the stuff um here's a question from uh satnav uh will cloud gaming become mainstream within four years very specific four no. years no steady oh, already well, died well define <laughs> define mainstream what, what do we define mainstream how, how will we and know what are we defining as cloud gaming i would say anything running on the server side so not not okay. local streaming i would say yeah you're running a game on something that is not hardware around you you're receiving I don't know just enough people that use geforce now so like that's i think that's the best cloud gaming solution right now uh there's also xbox stuff and playstation stuff i again i don't do consoles very much so i i couldn't really tell you how good they are but most people that I know who play games, they they either have a console or they have a PC and they're not doing streaming. I, I don't know that I've really encountered anyone who's like, oh, yeah, I've got all cloud gaming and streaming and it's working great for me. I, I think you probably could do OK with that if you really wanted to, but no one seems to be Will's, interested. Hey. Do you think you think you could ever switch over to be like, hey, you know what? It's it's nice. I just played on my TV. If you have that fiber. Yeah, like we do yeah yeah no so yeah that's the so, thing so what i want to uh, also ask is um so does cloud gaming on um on the xbox count since you know like uh, yeah I, we, we have a you know xbox uh game pass and some games that i can't run on um i have an xbox one so games that n- newer games that can't run on xbox one they have to put it out on um cloud gaming like um need for speed unbound that i've been playing um just recently on pc but mm-hmm. when i want to switch it over to a console it just i have to stream it which i kind of avoid it a little bit why for you specifically uh just latency so yeah. you you feel it uh, just just a bit yeah huh. so you know in, in four years even though you've may, got that fiber or is it or are you over wi-fi to your xbox or no you, no you it's, it's it? hardwire oh, okay yeah. wow so it's i was like maybe in four years maybe but uh, as of right now yeah the convenience um, factor. I, I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say this was a question for Brad. Why did you? Why did you hold it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it, yeah. I just, so I just for I context, Jared, uh, for the longest time, Brad was promoting not promoting, but like basically, O is mentioning GeForce now as an alternative to GPUs because of how bad the pricing was during the <laughs> pandemic. So it became kind of a running gag on yeah. the show. Um, <laughs> And also for some more context, though, Satnav was also the same person who was talking about energy prices. So I think that may be part of the reason for the question, because pricing is so bad for energy right now in Europe. I think he was saying, or they were saying, excuse me, it was like 52, almost 53 pence per kilowatt hour. So what is that? You can get up above 50 cents per kilowatt hour. Yeah, it's it's high. So it's almost five times what I pay. Yeah, it's ridiculous. That's why I, I I really do feel like it is a part of the future because the convenience, right, to be able to like, all right, well, mm-hmm. I don't got to download a game. I don't got to worry about storage on, on my hard drive. The convenience factor is there, especially if you're like, oh, do I even like this game? Do I even want to try to download this game? If you have a data cap and you're like, oh, you know what? Sure. Even if I have Xbox Game Pass and it's part of that, but maybe I don't want to download the game because I don't want to, you know, 
hit my cap. I'm still waiting for like data that. caps to just die. They they're yeah. they're so well. I guess streaming's going to hit the data cap too, though. So yeah. I don't know if that applies. But but then the power thing, right? You're 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 not using as much power. So I, like I, you're just pushing it off to the data center. Letting yeah, them use the power. Yeah, I I feel like the benefits are potentially there. I can see why, right? But it's just it. Yeah, and maybe it is like just huge in the background, and us who love the physical hardware and pushing things to the limit are just like eh, we don't see it. So. I don't know. I don't know. I, within four years, I mean, I I don't think it's going away. I think, I think it it will continue to, kind of like, to go. I guess. Like, I f- I feel like the only reason why Stadia went away is because of their pricing structure that didn't make sense, and like ownership of ga- at the game level that just didn't make any sense. So, like, I don't think I don't think cloud like them Stadia shutting down is is indicative of cloud gaming going forward in the future. But the show. someone's yeah, still trying kind of... to do it right. We need to like no one has yet managed to do the Netflix of gaming. I think the GeForce Now model works pretty well, though. I, that's one of the reasons why I asked that question. Like, how are we defining cloud uh, gaming? Because it's like depending on the model, it can take or it'll have more legs or it won't have more legs, as we saw with Stadia versus GeForce Now. Yep. It is always dangerous when you give ownership through a particular platform. Well, that, that's why I, I actually think the Xbox One is, I can see a more potential future because the GeForce One requires you to already own the game, except for the case of free play, free to play, obviously. So, like that's why I like I, I like the Xbox One because that's the closest close closer to a Netflix thing of being like, hey, you know what? I I don't have this game, but it's it's part of Game Pass. I might as well just load it up and try it. Um, yeah. So. I don't know. Oh, speaking of Game Pass, just FYI to everybody, I think it's soon in September where they're changing Xbox Live or they're killing off Xbox Live Gold um, and replacing it with Xbox Game Pass Core. Core. So that, Core. so we don't know, I don't know if the conversion trick is going to survive that. Um, uh, so if you've been thinking about loading up on Xbox uh, Live Gold to convert to Ultimate because it includes PC Game Pass, and that still works out to being cheaper than paying the normal set rate for PC Game Pass, you might want to do that soon. Yeah, <laughs> probably so should. Because you know. I, I, I think my three years is up next year when i did that next year that so what yeah. i would recommend for that is the the current way of doing that is buying gold cheap through mm. uh various sources that you can find on slick deals <laughs> and uh then adding it to your account and it'll convert uh at a lower rate but it still works out to being pretty cheap i can talk about that with you later yeah, yeah thank you um all right uh star just star asked uh do you think aib board partners are not doing well in the gpu market due to the competition with reference models and the focus on AI. That's two questions. So do you think the reference models are hurting AIB partners? I mean, I think that was partly EVGA's beef that they were, and not just the reference cards. So the real beef was probably that NVIDIA was trying to take a bigger cut of the pie. And so it's like, you know, maybe before it was like, oh, well, hey, here's a card that, or a GPU that they sell to EVGA for $300 and then EVGA sells it for five, for $500, $600, whatever. And then 
you know, if NVIDIA went, eh, we want more of it. So they said, we're going to sell you that same GPU for 450 instead of 300 generational, you know, changes. But uh, that, you know, that was definitely something that people have looked at and said, maybe that's why EVGA left. Um, it's been interesting looking at the card models from both AMD and NVIDIA, where it's like certain SKUs were no Founders Edition. So there's no 4070 Ti Founders Edition. There's no 4060 Ti 16 gigabyte Founders Edition. Uh, and there's, wait, there's, yeah, that's it. There's a 4060 Founders Edition, right? No, there's no 4060 no, Founders no. Edition either. So, and then on AMD side, there is no 7700 XT Founders, or not Founders, but reference card. So it's kind of like, well, you look at the models that don't have the reference card, and you kind of go, it almost feels like they kind of gave the worst cards to the AIBs and said, you guys get to make all of these. Have fun. Uh, well, but also lower down the stack is where the more cards get bought too, though. Yeah. So I mean, like 4060 is not bad, but like 4070 Ti, not my favorite GPU in the product stack. Uh, the 7700 XT, based on what we've seen of the specs, it just it feels like it's too too close price-wise to the 7800 XT. So I'm like, man, who's going to buy that? Uh, you know, if you can't pay the extra $50 for what could potentially be like a 20 to 30% percent boost in performance, that just seems like a weird, weird product to buy. So um, I don't know. Like AMD usually stops making reference edition cards sooner than NVIDIA stops making founders edition. Like, and and I don't know how many founders editions actually get made. Like Nvidia doesn't publish those numbers and said, "Hey, we sold you know a million thirty eighty founders editions." We don't know how many were actually made. We just know that they all went to Best Buy. That's that's about the size of it. And I, me personally, this is an anecdote of one store. I've never seen a, a founders edition in the Best Buy that that I'm close to. So I, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't feel like that they're. They're kind of there at but... launch, and then they kind of disappear. Has been my experience. Yeah, that... I don't know. I it doesn't. It doesn't feel like I know people who are like, oh yeah, I I, I know everybody who just uses uh, Founders Edition because it's it's. I mean, it's it seems to be hard to get your hands on. So it's also you know you also have to wonder with like the the forty series, especially the Founders Edition cards have all been pretty dang good um, in terms of manufacturing and all that stuff, cooling. So you know. The 4080 is almost overkill for a 300 and whatever watt card. Um, and the 4090, you know, it is what it is. It's the big hunker. I still don't like the 16 pin connector, but whatever. Like that's that's a, that's the biggest drawback to the Founders Edition cards is that they all use the stupid 16 pin adapters. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, you get the little straight sticking up wire off of a 4060 Ti and you're like, yeah, this thing doesn't bend well. And now it pokes out six inches from my card. That doesn't look good. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Yes, Founders Editions. Oh, oh, so the second part of it was, do you think AIB board partners are not doing well in the GPU market because of the focus on AI? I don't, I don't think AI has really impacted the consumer market so much. That's more like the chip supply and demand. I think they're not doing as well as they did the last two years because of cryptocurrency dying. Yeah. <laughs> Mining dying anyway. No <laughs> Ethereum. 
Uh, well, well, speaking of, of reference designs, did you get your hands on or, or physically get to see that Starfield uh, Radeon? I haven't seen it, no. Uh, I got to I see mean, it. I've seen pictures. But... Yeah, I got to see it in person at that, that, pre-game, that Gamescom pre-brief. <laughs> it's a good-looking card. But so, they, they said they're who's... making so little that they're only doing giveaway on that. And I was like, "Are you, have you considered selling it? Because <laughs> that's a good-looking card. Someone was saying that it was not being sold by amd it's not being sold that. yeah they they at least they said to me at the briefing they, they have a, a limited quantity and it's all going out through through giveaways and that they're not that you know when, when asked if uh they they were going to produce them he was like hey, you know we, we've we've we're looking into it but it, it was pretty non-committal I, I doubt it so uh here we go a uh, f- uh, friend of the show vc jester the friend of the show vc jester gave us five dollars said everyone talks about power consumption we need to talk about the real higher power consumption increases the temperature in your computer room ain't that the truth like for me like power consumption eh, i'm i'm privileged enough to not worry too much about it but man when that heat starts <laughs> dumping off into my room especially in these warmer uh <laughs> uh summer months yeah, I think twice about how how hard I push my systems. So it's why my office is in my basement now. My last house before we moved, my office was upstairs. We didn't have a basement either, but uh, yeah, it got hot in the day, and so being in the basement does does help. All the cool air comes down here. And you lucky, lucky. I, I mean, then I, in the winter time, I I sit there and I close the office door and. Let's run some benchmarks. Heat this place up. <laughs> like my it, wife comes down to my office in the winter and she's like, it's really warm in here. I should come down here more often. I'm like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 it'll even inform my handheld experience too. I'm like, I, you know, usually I'll just, you know, I, I, I try to push the, uh, the turbo mode and stuff like that to, to get the most performance out of it but man when that thing is just dumping off heat i'm like eh, maybe i'll run in performance mode or maybe i'll run on the switch because that thing doesn't dump off too much heat so uh, uh i would say i i have it bad because uh, i my apartment is is carpeted so <laughs> with that oh. comment it's not that my pc's are on the floor running on the carpet thank but goodness it, yeah but it's still hot when it's uh <laughs> it's a carpeted room <laughs> yeah yeah and you're yeah you have that big window yeah. facing the west oh yeah so you get that that evening <laughs> that evening blast a little <laughs> Elena is your gaming experience informed anything by the heat that it outputs no for me it's mostly electricity costs oh really because yeah because honestly uh, I live in San Francisco so I don't have to worry as much as you guys on the East Bay mm. with the the huge temperature swings typically um. So I have the privilege of just, you know, watching, watching my energy consumption like a hawk me like, <laughs> all right, today is the console day. Oh, <laughs> that doesn't sound like you at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then a, the last super chat that I, I saw here was a uh, skeet sayer gave us a uh, two Canadian dollars. Thank you so much. Said, isn't cyberpunk 2077, not just an R and D lab for NVIDIA. <laughs> I mean, they've they've pushed the boundaries on what you can do with graphics engines. It's, I mean, when you combine the potential of DLSS 3.5's ray reconstruction, which basically says, hey, we can do higher quality denoising without the performance hit, 
you combine that with full path tracing and all this other stuff. And it's like, you know, cyberpunk 2077 in the full path tracing mode. Overdrive with, mode. Yes. RT overdrive <laughs> with a 4090 and with the LSS two upscaling and with frame gen, it's like it, it runs super playable and you go, wow, this is great. And so you, you kind of go, when will that experience extend to other games? And the problem is like what percentage of people own even a 4090 or 4080 or 4070 Ti? Like it's not that money, but you know, you, you do look at it and you say full path tracing is potentially in reach of a certain market segment. Um, well, here, and it does, it can look better. The, so. the, I guess the other way to spin that question is, if NVIDIA weren't willing to go in there and do the work and per, and give the resources or, you know, whatever whatever happens in that partnership to change hands yeah. and NVIDIA wasn't part of that, do you feel like CD Projekt Red developers and stuff would be pushing it as hard as they can? No, I don't think so. I mean, that's uh, I would love to know how much money NVIDIA has put into Cyberpunk over the years. <laughs> <laughs> like from development resources to direct funding to whatever, like... It's it's and it's a significant chunk of change, I'm sure. Um, I just don't know how much that is, but it was probably enough to keep CD Projekt Red well into the black for a long time. Um, well, I guess the the other question of that is they they did mention uh, FSR three fluid motion frames in coming to Cyberpunk, right? Yep are because of the business deals that they've done with nvidia does that mean they're going to make the implementation worse you know i haven't looked at fsr2 and dlss2 closely in cyberpunk i know it supports xess as well so it's got all three upscalers and and you do have to wonder it's like well maybe they are just nerdy enough people that they're like hey it's cool let's support everything i mean they do have they get some they have a steam deck preset in there yeah (laughs) Like, yep. I love well, they that. kind of had to add that right <laughs> you needed to down tone down things to get it to yeah. run on a steam deck i, I, I and, and they did it quick too like yeah. so so like I, I i i feel a little more confident in saying that they're willing to push the edge in a lot of way not just because of the whole nvidia stuff and i feel like a good point would be that whole steam deck thing i mean obviously it benefits them uh but yeah yeah I mean, Steam Deck's really interesting just because, like, it's done more to push Linux gaming than really anything. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, Linux gaming is now, you, you kind of wonder, like, when are we going to see new Steam Box takes from people going, hey, we've got Proton and all that other stuff running with Steam OS, and you don't actually have to use Windows. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, PlayStation 4 is Linux-based, too, so it hasn't happened from there. Uh, we got a $5 or $5 Canadian dollar Super Chat for friend of the show, Coffee. Thank you so much. Said, uh, I would definitely buy AMD over NVIDIA if I could get one of those AMD Starfield Edition GPUs. Yeah, it was... In in terms of, like, looking at a GPU and being like, dang, okay, that's a pretty good design. Like, because it's not too overly done. Uh, yeah. It's the same core design as the the reference cards just different colors right different colors yes i mean did they do anything yeah. else besides the coloring i don't think so oh no actually uh, it does come with a power cable that has uh colored sleeves 
Uh, so oh, that's nice. Yeah, I, I have a photo of it. I'll, I'll share it over on Discord if I haven't already. Because yeah, the 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 but they do have the box for one of the CPUs as well. But that's just the box, obviously. Uh, yeah, and the, actually, the box in that the Starfield GPU comes in is like real kitted out too. Very nice. Uh, Mandy, thank you for all these super chats. I pre- sat nav gave us five uh, pounds. So thanks, thanks. Thanks for the stream as always. No, thank you, thank you. for hanging out in the stream. Uh, I think I think we should wrap well, it up there. Actually, before, you, you got something else? What, yeah, what before got? we go, I uh, just want to address something over on Discord. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, fr- our chat over on Discord uh, has noticed that we look sharper today. Fashion? Yes. Hairstyle? Check. Yeah. But also, more importantly, <laughs> we look sharper on video. Why is that, Adam? Do we? Are we? Is that what they're referencing to? Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, if we're if we're looking sharp, then yeah, we're looking sharp. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, no, we we actually made a, a change recently based off of a friend of the show, Adam from Epos Vox. Uh, had a, had a little setting configuration talk about uh, streaming in AV one oh. and in streaming out at fourteen forty p, even though we're actually still capturing in in ten eighty p. Or no, I know, I guess we're actually. We're bringing in 4K, and we were downscaling 1080p. Now we're downscaling to 1440p yes. at AV1, uh, but essentially the same bitrate. Uh, no, I guess a higher bitrate, too. Yeah, we're, so, yeah, yeah, so. so uh, Kunika over in the Discord mm-hmm. has noticed um, our pegboard, the tools look sharper. Oh, they, so, yeah, so they, they see it, that. So it was funny. In, in side-by-side <laughs> testing, when we did it last, because last week was the first time we actually did it, uh, I noticed the, the sharpest thing that I could notice was my arm hair, which <laughs> I don't know if I like that or better or not, but that, that was yeah. like, oh, wow, you can see my arm hair way Way better in the 1440p stream. Uh, I mean, also, because with AV1, the quality is so sharp. Uh, on uh, RetroShawn also pointed out that even the uh, the TV screen, the the more pattern, the more yeah, yeah, the more is even more apparent. <laughs> I so I was I like, do that. we need an upgrade for a new TV? <laughs> yeah, because this is only 1080p, huh? Yeah. Is it? Forgot. <laughs> yeah, I got, we should double. This, I think it's only ten. I mean, the TV's yeah. been here since uh, you know, even way before I got yeah. hired. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. before my time. Before my time yeah. too. Yeah, I carbon date it. That's how old it is. Yeah, actually, you know what? Luis probably knows. Uh, anyway, thank you. Thank you for noticing. Thank yeah. you. If if you're if you're just listening to audio, you're missing out on all these amazing fine details that you're seeing on all video. these beautiful people. All plus these me. beautiful people, and then Jared. No, Jared, you're you're a beautiful person as well. <laughs> Don't discount yourself. Uh, I think let's wrap it up there uh thank you everybody for for showing up i'm gonna bring up my notes because uh, i had to go back and, and listen to what gordon actually said to see make sure i wasn't missing anything uh check back next week for your fix of pc talk on the full nerd to listen to us uh f- on the audio version of the podcast go subscribe over at apple podcast spotify google Podcasts, pocket cast whatever uh and if you do uh leave a review on one of those services every time you do uh our studio upgrades to a 4k tv uh so i appreciate that <laughs> um i, w- I want to say uh thanks to our, our special guest jared walton from tom's hardware go to tomshardware.com uh and or, or google gpu hierarchy right is that right jared that's the best one gpu hierarchy Go over there. Look at look at your hierarchy. Just study it. I sometimes I just. And if you're I, wondering why the 4060 Ti 16 gigabyte isn't listed yet, it's because I haven't finished 
scanning everything and updating the text. It's like so close to being saved. And then you'll be able to see that it performs the same as the 4060 Ti. Jared, the, the, <laughs> the only feedback I can give you is that now you, you, you have the latest gen. That latest gen is starting to get a little cramped. You know, I need to be like, oh, wait, the latest gen includes all three vendors. When are you going to when are you going to break that out? I've thought about that. Um, so here's my plan. This is the the true plan. Mm-hmm. I've been testing all of the Exclusive. new GPUs on two G on two systems: the twelve nine hundred K and the thirteen nine hundred K. That's that's extra work for me. Wait, so, why are, why are you doing that? Because the GPU hierarchy had all the numbers for the twelve nine hundred K. Oh, but it also has all the GTX cards and the old stuff. And I'm going to retire the old stuff in the near future. I mean, I'm going to leave it as a legacy hierarchy sort of where mm. it's like, I may still continue to test things there, but I do want to shift to my new test suite. Um, I've got spreadsheets that make things a little easier there. So, you know, basically I will dump everything that doesn't support ray tracing hardware. Sorry. Wow. Like it, it, it's what if what you'll if you still just be had... able to see those old numbers, right? Uh-huh. But I'm just like, you know, it'll make it easier for me to only have one spreadsheet that I need to update. Wow. So yeah, the, so at least according to this chart, you're, that means dropping RDNA one, Vega and Polaris, which, uh, and then yeah. uh, Pascal. What what if you just have one one column and it's just like hand picked ones from from older generations? Like well, but but the new test suite, the new tw- test suite has six ray tracing games with ray tracing enabled i should Dude, say nobody plays ray tracing turn <laughs> yeah, <off>. they do. <laughs> it's it's becoming commonplace enough that i'm like no we need to see how it performs so it's it's just one factor of the gpu performance so i'm like i i will keep updating the old leg the old hierarchy with the 12 900k system um for a while but at some point you know it's like you got to stop testing old stuff i do not go back and retest r9 you know, Fury cards or R9 390s or whatever. In fact, it's kind of like if if things aren't supported with current drivers, that that's a good indication that I'm ready to drop them from the hierarchy. <sighs> They'll move yeah. to legacy status. Oh. So that's that's my intent good at point. some point in the the next little bit is to um, have a new front page. The second page will be the current hierarchy that shows the the non-ray tracing gpus alongside ray tracing at least for rasterization performance uh yeah that's that's a bummer gordon's going to be real sad that the 1080 ti is not going to be on your your list anymore how's he how's he going to know how to to get mad about go to the page 1080 two go to page, page two, two. <laughs> that's 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 my <sighs> plan okay all right well it sounds like you need an intern jared oh. from tom's hardware just to <laughs> run do. all your numbers i i actually sometimes i feel like I don't want to pass the testing on to anyone else because I don't really trust people to do it right. <laughs> okay. There's a, there's something going on in the global market that you might you might look at and say, hmm, it's interesting that Jared doesn't want to trust automated benchmarking. Yeah, I don't want to trust automated benchmarking. Yeah. Uh, you miss things. You make mistakes. Anyway, I, I sometimes feel like if I could just run the numbers and pass them on to someone else to write, that would be helpful. That's what I do sometimes. Not for everything, right? But, <laughs> yeah. you know, for the for the third-party reviews, especially because it's like, okay, so you've reviewed the Founders Edition or the reference card from AMD, NVIDIA, you know, and then Asus or Gigabyte or MSI sends you a card and you're like, it's the same card. It's not card, but same 
same GPU, same performance. Like, what do you say to get excited about it? It's got an RGB. That's what you yeah. say. It's got more RGB. Yeah. How you much RGB? This one. The scale. RGB yeah. scale. Anyway, thank you, Jared. Uh, fine work. I, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show as always. Uh, thanks also to Elena and your uh, the bun on your head. <laughs> yeah, Cinnamon apparently bun. that was a star of the show today. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, just pop. Um, Still making me hungry. Yeah, fashionable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and thank you to Willis Live for controlling the verticals and horizontals. Uh, take us out of here, Willis. Uh, we'll see everybody later. All right. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, happy Tuesday again. Go get some tacos. Go get them some whatever your cup of tea, right? Uh, and yeah, stay, uh, stay cool. Stay hydrated. We will see you next time. Bye. <laughs>